previously on See You in Another Life, Brothers. Oh man, another day at the old grind, eh? Thank God it's Friday. Yeah, I'm ready to kick back, munch on a few fish biscuits, and watch old World Series highlights. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm sure glad I don't have to deal with my boss till Monday. He's always micromanaging me. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I know how that is. Yeah, like, I can't even talk to anyone or else I get zapped. I can't take a break or I get zapped. Can't even kiss my coworker because I get zapped. Zap, 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 zap. Man, sounds like a tight ship over there. Yeah, and the worst part is, I don't even know what we're doing. Kind of feels like we're hauling rocks from one place to another for no reason. Hey, at least it's better than your last job, pushing that old button all day. I guess. So how goes it at your job? Well, uh, let's see. Well, I work for my sadistic father-in-law, who often forces me to mercilessly beat innocent people within an inch of their lives, and... You know, I would stop, but I can't, because then I'd lose the love of my life. You know, but he, he did call me son the other day, so at least I got that going for me. Hey, how about those 04 Red Sox? <laughs> what a team, right? I'm dead inside. Welcome to See You in Another Life, Brothers. I am Joe. Hear me roar. Should, I, should that be my, uh, my catchphrase now? Your new thing? That's my new thing. I think I that s- should be not just on the podcast, but just in real life. You know, I am Joe. Hear me roar. I am Joe. Hear me roar. I don't know. It, it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like me, man. That's not who I am. I'm more like I am Joe, and you know I'm here. I'm cool. I'm just here to have fun and you know be a be a be just a regular guy, just hanging out, cracking wise. <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it, though. Well, the beginning did. I'm I'm Joe, and I'm here. That I mean, that's you. That's you to a T. I'm um, here. I'm always yeah. saying that, aren't I? I'm yeah, Joe, and I'm here. Mm-hmm. But what's uh, your catchphrase? Uh, hi, I'm Andy, and I like to party. Um, no, I like to party. <laughs> like to par- That's my thing. That's my thing. Can we do a? Let's do a, a quick um, a hot rod podcast right now. Here we go. Hot rod. It's a great movie. I love that movie. It's a great show. A great movie. Um, Bill Hader's finest work. Not Andy Samberg's. I think Andy Samberg's finest work was probably pop star, but Bill Hader's finest work mm-hmm. is in uh, Hot Rod. Uh, yeah, and uh, Andy Samberg also. I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine recently. He's mm-hmm. really good in that show. I just gotta say, I love it. Is this Brooklyn Nine Nine podcast now? <laughs> wait, wait, we're getting way off track. Anyway, back to it. I'm Joe. You're Andy, and this is a Lost podcast, and we're talking today about. Season 3, Episode 2, The Glass Ballerina. Now, this is an interesting episode because it's sort of like... It, it's it, Lost 
kind of works in patterns. I feel like uh, I noticed this with like season two and season three, they kind of follow a similar rhythm mm. where like season two started off with uh, kind of a, you're getting right into it. And it's almost a t- very tight episode about Jack and you're in there. Same with season three uh, and uh, very intense. And then suddenly we back out and we're, you know, just kind of hanging out with that, that other group that's sort of at sea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not the group we want. Like, I know you you have expressed it before. You're like, I don't know if I really wanted a Jin Sun Saeed episode. We, we want to know what happened to the hatch, right? Right. Yeah. Well, it, it it's funny to me because I feel like it, in a similar way, you're talking about patterns between the, especially yeah. like season two and season three my reactions to the episodes are also very similar. Like both premiere episodes of season two and season three, I love. Yeah. And then both like episodes that follow, like the second episode of both seasons, I'm kind of just like, eh, I could do without it (laughs) almost, you know, like uh, a drift. I mean, there are parts of both of them. I, I very much like, um, Adrift has some really cool stuff, especially in the flashbacks, yeah. um, that I I really like. Um, this one, um, it's interesting. I feel like right before we started recording, you were kind of talking about how you, uh, I think we've both watched the episode at least you know twice in preparation yeah. for for talking about it. And I think between the first and second viewing for you, you were kind of like, you know, the episode grew on you a lot. And I feel like for me, both viewings, I was kind of like, eh, I, 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 this one just doesn't, doesn't get me. Um, or I, maybe I don't get it. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it though. Cause I feel like sometimes we're both, we're both on the same page of an episode and I feel like you're, you like this one more than I do at this point. And so I'm excited to see how we, how we, uh, uh, go about it. So well, I wouldn't say I yeah, like you I wouldn't say I like this episode. I say I was amazed by it. With the more yeah. I think about it and just the implications of this and like Jin and Sun, the more I watch Jin and Sun episodes, I realize just how deeply philosophical they are and thinking mm-hmm. about just like life, man. Jin and Sun are sort of like representing two different ph- philosophies of viewing the world. And we saw it in like I think about like uh and I'm sorry. And found. Oh um, yes, yes, yes. I almost mispronounced it. it. It how they were kind of, you know, going at two different angles and kind of finding each other in the middle. This one is kind of a continuation of that when I think about mm-hmm. their perspectives on things. And this one kind of blew my mind just not in a, it's not happy. This episode, I'm not gonna put it in my oh, top yeah. my top five. This episode is dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, it's sad and it doesn't have a happy ending really. Um, but I think it, it the, they do some really cool things. So, um, mm-hmm. we'll have to jump in. Uh, I want to talk about my, I think my favorite part of this episode, the flashbacks with Jin and Sun mm-hmm. and, and what we're doing here. So I think going through these, it's especially this opening scene, um, and really this opening shot with uh, the, the glass ballerina. That's, yeah. 
By the way, that's why this episode's called The Glass Ballerina. There's a glass oh. ballerina in the opening scene. If you didn't catch that. What? What? All right. Crazy. This episode is already winning me over. <laughs> exactly. But what what struck me, and I think this was the last time I viewed it, because I think I viewed it three times before we get here, but the, the, the moment where the opening with the glass ballerina falling, when you've seen this episode already, and you see that it begins with the glass ballerina falling, you're thinking, wait a minute. There's another character that falls in this episode. Yeah. It's, it's Jay. And I think there's a very a big connection, a very literal fall that happens yeah. later glass ballerina falling and shattering mm-hmm. and it's sun young sun that pushes it right off of its you know rightful place um so immediate so what i'll say about that to begin and this was like i said last night woke up in the middle of the night and had this epiphany where i was like i think i wrote it down where it says i said if you take something beautiful out of its proper context, mm. it shatters. Mm. And that's a big point in this episode. If you take something beautiful, the glass ballerina, out of its stand, it very easily shatters. Mm. And uh, so I think there's something to that. And we'll have to unpack it more as we go through. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think that ties into it. I mean, yes, we'll we'll get to it. It ties into some of the themes that I see throughout these flashbacks of, yes. of things in their proper place. Um, so that's really cool. I'm yeah, I'm excited to to unpack that. And also, the other thing about this scene that I think is absolutely key to this episode is, um, so she breaks the glass ballerina, and then she goes back to her very structured youth as we see about sun you know she's Mm -hmm. playing the piano with a metronome keeping within the rhythm that she's supposed to have and everything like that i like i like Mm. that little detail yeah and then her father comes in and the detail that is so important that i've no i noticed in one viewing and i forgot about in another is and you can miss it the little girl as he walks into the room, she backs up. She like she's backing up uh, because Sun is absolutely terrified of her father. Mm-hmm. And I think that is absolutely crucial. And she never stops being terrified of her father mm-hmm. because there is absolutely no grace, no grace at all extended mm-hmm. from her father. As he comes in, he asks her about that glass ballerina. He says, did you do this? And she says, no. And he says, who did? And she knows that when she says the maid, the maid's going to get fired because she knows her father is not a man of grace. Mm -hmm. Her father is a man of structure, of truth, Mm -hmm. but not of grace. And so that's why you can view this sometimes and think well son is just a mischievous little kid and she never got out of that mischievousness and that's maybe why she cheated on Jin. but no i think it's it's more that she she knows there's no grace Mm. from her father and she needs to just escape it any way she can so Mm -hmm. i'm curious uh do you think that her dad knows that she broke the ballerina 
in this mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Cause that's how I've always seen it. You know, that she's, that he comes in and he's like, I know you did this, <laughs> you know, but who did this? And, you know, if you tell me this, then I, I'm going to have to fire the maid. So who did it? And she says the maid, you know, and, um, because I think that sets up a lot of the rest of the episode between the two of them mm-hmm. and like makes the final scene in the flashback that much more, you know, poignant, I guess. Uh, yeah. The idea that like he's he's aware of her wrongdoing. But on the other hand, she cannot like uh uh fess up to it i guess mm-hmm. you know because because he is such a a hard man like you were saying like a a there's no grace with him mm-hmm. um yeah it it's it feels to me like this episode is very um the flashbacks are very much about her relationship with her dad and mm-hmm. almost like less important with Jin, even though it's it's a story about her having an affair um like i mean i guess it's kind of all of these interconnected relationships but i think of like the relationship with her and her dad being such an important one because that the book ends of it so Mm -hmm. and it's funny because i I, when i watched this one at times i I like what i liked about this episode initially and now i'm backtracking on it is how it and it's still, it still, it does. It, it's the only episode I feel like that makes you um, uh, understand her dad. Like, uh, her, her yeah. like, son's father is like ultimate bad guy sort of thing throughout this whole thing. And he is a bad guy. But you understand where he's coming from in this one. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, it's like, you cheated on your husband. That's wrong. And there has to be you know that, that is wrong right but at the same time you know i feel like he's he's trying to right a wrong that he's created by not extending grace to his little girl mm-hmm. um so it's it's sort of a fascinating thing it's it's kind of like christian shepherd like trying to fix a problem that he had a part in creating even though he and un, it's a miscommunication between him and jack mm-hmm. um but yeah, you can understand her her father a little bit more in this episode, which yeah. I, I think is kind of cool. Yeah, I do. I do like the fact that yeah, we get once once we get the scene where Jin comes in with with her dad. You know, you you see her dad, like uh, uh almost like trying to do, trying to right a wrong with another wrong, and it's a very mm-hmm. interesting thing because you can see what you can you can see his vantage point for it. Um, whereas in the past, he's just been a almost a two-dimensional, like just bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they give him some more depth here. Yeah. Yep. So that brings us to the next scene where um, Jin, our son is uh, cheating on Jin with Jay. Come on. Come on. Really? Aw. But Jay doesn't have hair, and Sun and, and Jin has hair. What the heck? I'm sorry to Come all the bald son. people out there. That was offensive. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost all our, our bald viewers. <laughs> I just offended listeners. all our bald viewers out there. Uh, <laughs> listeners, yes. Um, yeah, this scene uh, is extra extra impactful 
because sometimes when we talk about these flashbacks out of the context of the episode, it, I, I liked how it came on the island right after um, Sun basically said, I didn't want to be without you and this sort of, and then she has the look of uncertainty in her eyes and then we cut to this and we're like, oh, oh, and this is a huge, you forget how big a reveal this is because, you know, she told Jin in The Whole Truth, I believe it was, where I did not, it, it's yours. I've never slept with another man. Mm-hmm. And then w- this throws a whole wrench into that thing. Um, mm-hmm. Surprising. Right. Well, maybe and, not so surprising. Well, and, and the last time in a flashback, like there was kind of an implied like relationship. Like we knew that he was teaching her English, but we yeah. never, this is the first, this is like the scene that confirms like, oh, they were having like mm-hmm. an affair <laughs> you yes, know yes. yeah um and so it's like i always think of this as just like the the scene as soon as she turns around and they do they do a good job of the way they reveal that it's not gin in bed with her you know mm-hmm. is like as a viewer just that perfect moment of like oh no <laughs> oh, no yeah. she actually no i can't believe she did this you know and mm-hmm. um uh and it's and it's heartbreaking because I mean you can also see the the guilt in the scene, um, where where she's like, oh, I you know, this is wrong. Like I shouldn't. You're not my husband, and that yes. whole thing. And I like how the it's the scene is kind of defined by the guilt until we get to the point, um, like the the turning point in the conversation is when he starts to speak to her in English. Yeah, you know, and it's the reminder that like, Hey, like you, you have been learning English to leave him. Mm-hmm. Like, so you don't need to feel guilty. This is part of the plan, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was just kind of a cool, uh, way that they wrote the scene, like the, the shift of like, Hey, just a reminder, you know, English, do you know why? Because you're planning to leave <laughs> your husband and go to America, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah yeah i love that 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 what they did with language in the scene you know Mm -hmm. that once again that that very brilliant how they do that where he's you know he starts to speak to her in english about going to america and about you know we're going to son remember you are stuck within this system that Mm. you understand is horrible and there's no grace in here we're going to find grace or find uh, something better in America. Mm -hmm. Um, But Sun, on the other hand, is, you know, she's still, uh, she's expressing remorse, like you're saying, and, and, and speaking of those bounds of marriage of like, I can't, um, you know, I can't do that. And then Mm -hmm. he he brings out the necklace and she says, I can't wear this. Um, Jin will ask about it. And he says in English, I don't want to share you anymore. Yeah. Um, like symbolizing, no, go all the way, son. Mm-hmm. You're you're trying to have it both ways. And um, there, there's the language thing. And there's also, I noticed a, a kind of an interesting sort of uh, thing they do in here with, with clothing as well. Mm-hmm. Like um, it says, you know, I can't wear this. Jim will ask where it's from. I don't want to share you anymore. 
obviously they're not wearing many clo- much clothes in this bed, mm-hmm. so they're they're going beyond the bounds of everything. So that that's it's like wear this necklace, right? And that symbolizes that. And then her father comes in, and what is the one thing he says to her? Get dressed. Mm. And that's like that symbolizes no, stay within the bounds, son. And it's his, it's his, obviously, uh, very strict, no grace way of saying, get dressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I like how they they do a lot in this scene. Mm-hmm. And and you know, the whole idea of like things in their proper place. It's like the the rigid father figure with no grace comes in and yeah it's like he all he can say is like put clothes on like just do the thing that will like remove as much shame as possible (laughs) you know sort of like do figure out how you can just put things back in their proper place right now (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um which is just yeah i i feel like that's a really interesting way to see this episode is like what things are out of their proper place and 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 what is what what does it matter to each person in the scene too mm-hmm. because jin's father understands when you take something out of the proper context it shatters it, it, mm-hmm. something beautiful can can turn into something horrible um but son doesn't quite son thinks well maybe if we you know take this thing to america and she's still flirting with the idea even though she's mm-hmm. she's ultimately she she goes to the edge and decide and can't go can't go through with it, um, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting because Sun has a moment like that in this episode. That's just Jin mm-hmm. going to the edge and not going any further. Yeah. So unless you I, do you have anything else in this scene before we let's cut to Jin? How about yeah? So this next scene with Jin and Sun's father. A fascinating scene mm-hmm. especially with you know I, I just liked son's father in this this whole yeah. scene his his perspective on it we have a problem um it's the the iron that the, the irony is so thick <laughs> just a dramatic irony of like we, yes. we know <laughs> jen man jen <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> this the, the fact that he doesn't tell him is also yeah yeah. yeah this this whole flashback episode i mean like the the use of irony almost mm-hmm. feels like a like a shakespearean you know like tragedy or something you know because yeah. like the the way that characters you know are the ones who are in on what's going on uh you know are are trying to influence other characters and stuff and i don't know it's just just very interesting the way it twists and turns because of that but um Mm -hmm. yeah i I love this scene because it's so interesting how um uh son's father will just in the scene be so forceful with him and say you know like it's not it's not enough to deliver a message to this guy you gotta Mm -hmm. end it yes and i love how Jin says i cannot do that I quit. Yeah. And like, like, I just love that moment Uh for his character. Like at this point, he's like, all right, you know, I know the line and you're asking me to cross the line. 
and yet he doesn't know that <laughs> son's father is asking him to do it because he thinks like in his own like twisted way um that like no this is what Jin must do because this guy has dishonored him you know and dishonored his wife and you know like that mm-hmm. like this is the other man you have to get rid of him yes um but he doesn't tell him and I, yeah i think that's a really important point for for the episode that that it's not up to him to tell Jin. but mm-hmm. yeah um what i think is fascinating about it, like you saying i love that Jin immediately doesn't cross the line and he's yeah. just like i'm done as you've seen because Jin, we've seen that he's allowed himself to be turned into a monster by this man but you know he's willing to at least he's he has some standards <laughs> yes he's not willing to go all the way although i mean he still goes to deliver mm-hmm. the message so but anyway he is unwilling to cross the line and then the way that Jin's father that son's father gets Jin to go through with it is by using the the honor going with honor which is huge in this cult uh, you know, the culture saying mm-hmm. this man has shamed me and then he says my name my shame is your shame because you're my son yeah and that's really uh, when you it's important to think about the whole context of the show and think about Jin and his father who mm-hmm. as he's, he admits to his father that I was ashamed of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Jin at the core of it, when you get down to the deep core, he's doing this for son, but he's also doing this because I think he wants a father who he doesn't, he can't, he's not going to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Um that's interesting. And so the fact that this this great man, you know, this businessman who's very respected in the culture is finally calling him my son is enough to push Jin to it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very, once again, the theme of manipulation and lost. It's son's father basically manipulating Jin into doing what he thinks is, you know, what Jin should do. Uh, mm-hmm. So in his mind, he's probably thinking, "I'm doing him a favor because you you have been severely dishonored by this man, right?" But not telling him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a fascinating thing. Yeah, it makes it's a really interesting scene for for Son's father, you know, to like give give him some more depth. It is it is a very tragic scene for Jin. <laughs> Yeah. The more you think about it, because it's like he almost he almost got out and mm-hmm. he stays in and almost, you know, I mean, he's he's like ready to maybe go do this thing, you know, to go kill this guy. Yeah. Because of, you know, her his his manipulation uh, of him. Um which I, I'm only like thinking about really for the first time now, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. like how, how, uh, bad this is for Jin, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. uh, yeah, that's just kind of an interesting, uh, dramatic, uh, scene again with the, with the irony of like, Jin doesn't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. There's that aspect of it. And I think there's just 
there's both son's father and then there's just i think an overarching sort of unspoken thing of society like mm. Jin, and i think this plays well into the next scene with this fascinating conversation between he and son mm-hmm. he understands like he gets and son doesn't get the importance of having of having a place in a society Mm. among a community among people um, have to have like these structures in place like i am i work for this i i have i have this family i have this greater community people see people identify me that they they acknowledge my standing Mm -hmm. it's sort of like he understands that to strip that away is to take away part of your identity almost Mm -hmm. Uh, which is why when son is um saying basically like no um no don't do it don't deliver the message we'll run away we'll go to america we'll get out of here and then jin says you really think it's that simple yeah like like we can just like strip away like get away all this and then go somewhere else Mm-hmm. that's that's taking away part of me basically mm. whether that's right or wrong it's sort of like son doesn't understand that well son understands how corrupt the system is so she's like no Jin, we got to get out of here mm-hmm. but Jin says well you still have to have some sort of structure so. mm-hmm. yeah well i love there's a couple things I mean, it's just a really interesting scene for, I mean, obviously the reasons you were just talking about and, and, and all that's going on, but mm-hmm. there, there were a couple details about it that I really liked in this viewing that I hadn't noticed before that the, the scene begins, um, this was just kind of a fun detail I'd never noticed before, but the scene begins with, um, son looking at her own reflection in the plate that she's holding. Mm. I don't know if you like, it's just this, this shot that you don't really realize initially that she's holding up a plate, but she's the, the, it's like a prolonged shot of her just like looking. And then you hear the door open and it's a different shot. Seeing Jin come through the door, yeah. but you can see that she was holding up a plate in front of her face and it's a black plate, so you can see that she was just looking at her own reflection. Mm. And then she suddenly is, like, jolted, you know, like, when the door opens and she puts the plate down. Uh, and just kind of a cool detail, like, where she's doing some self-reflecting before he comes through the door. Yeah. And then the other thing I was thinking about is that um, it's interesting how this idea of running away to America gets like recycled from her plan to leave him Mm -hmm. to now her saying, what if we did that? You know, what if we left? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think she means it here, you know, like I, and I think that's really important because it's like, she's been doing some self-reflecting on what she's done wrong. And the fact that she was going to leave him. And so she's like, maybe, that's not what I was supposed to do. Maybe we need to together do this thing and, you know, run away. And I think that's kind of a cool turning point for her 
but Jin at this point is feeling like that's not possible. The system can't, you know, like be broken. I just need to do this thing. You know, it's almost like hopeless. Um, All I can do is continue doing what I've been doing uh, and even go down this darker road now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really important point you bring up that eventually we see that son decides that she's just going to leave him and go alone. Mm hmm. She can't quite go through with it. Yeah. Um, she wants, she, she brings up the idea of them to do it, which is the idea that originally Jay had. Yeah. Um, it was like, there's something about running away that mm-hmm. you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, live together, die alone. We see it here where, um, Jay needs son to go with him. You know, he, or originally when they were talking in the, and and found uh mm-hmm. they and mm-hmm. when they had their date um he said i'm going to america because there's a girl there oh that, you right know, but that fell through so he needed to find a girl and so he found because he needs someone he can't uh-huh. do it you can't you can't just completely break the bounds of society on your own because then you mm-hmm. don't have society then you have anyone else and so son needs Jin to do that but Jin won't do that and so eventually she it gets to the point where she's so desperate that she's just going to do it on her own. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, And I really like how this scene ends where we really get it summed up between the two of them. Like the, the disconnect where Mm -hmm. Jin says, I do this for you, son. I do this because your father expects it. Well, there's society. There's, I, I do it for you, but also for because we need the, these bounds. I do this because that's what it takes to be married to you. Um, he, he he feels like he needs to earn it. There's that theme again, where Jin Jin always feels like he needs to work his way up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Sun brings back a very good point. One, what does it take to be married to you? Yep. <laughs> and that's also a good point. So they're both not wrong. They're both not right. <laughs> they're both um, yeah. in it's, this limbo of, yeah. Yeah, it's a very complicated relationship at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I should never rephrase that. Son is wrong. So, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But at the same time, Jin's wrong too because he's going to go kill a guy. So anyway... It evens out. There's there's a lot of blame to go around about what's going on here. <laughs> but Jin decides he's going to go deliver the message because that's how committed he is to this system. That's how committed to it is to making it work. He goes to find Jay. And what I found interesting, just one little note thing to note here. I was watching mm-hmm. this and I'm like, wait a second. This looks very familiar. There's a shot of Jin getting off the elevator to go mm-hmm. to Jay's apartment. I'm like, wait a minute. This looks exactly like the scene when Jack gets off the elevator in the last episode. To go I was to- wondering if that's what you were <laughs> going to say. I was like, oh, wait, did they did they just film him back to back? Well, it looks it's a very similar shot. It's like they shoot uh-huh. it the same way because he gets off the elevator. He looks both ways and he goes that. And then, of course, he goes to kick a guy's uh, butt. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. similar. That's so funny. And it kind of comes right about the same time in the episode, too. You know? Yeah. Except I think a key difference is that between 
if we're going to compare Jin and Jack, Jin doesn't go all the way through with it versus Jack, mm-hmm. who is driven to it and, and finally yeah, completely severs that. Um, but, mm-hmm. but also, is there like security in this hotel or like uh like uh any, anyone gonna call the uh the, the police or no know. stuff like this happens all the time <laughs> i guess it just happens all the time in uh in korea there it, it 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 was one of those things where yeah i i think every time i've watched this episode when Jin just walks back out to his car and gets in i'm like no one's gonna say something like he he clearly just beat a man almost to death you know like he's all disheveled and stuff he's probably got blood on his hands you know and everything and it's like just broke a bunch of stuff in a hotel no one noticed it's mm-hmm. fine would there be like a murder investigation maybe like it looks like a suicide but uh nah nah, <laughs> nah. he's got glass got shards of glass in his face how did that happen if he no oh, never mind fine it's fine let's not think too much about it he threw himself through that wall in the in the room and then then he jumped out the window yeah it's fine Mm -hmm. but once again you love the irony of this scene of jay all he thinks is like oh no he he knows that i i can't (laughs) that's the that's the crazy thing he's like well he's got that righteous anger because obviously he knows that i slept with his wife but he doesn't know that. That's the crazy thing. So, mm-hmm. Jin is that irate, just about you know maintaining his family's honor. Yeah. Well, he well, said that used to doing that for Jin's son's father too. Anyway, yeah. I also I feel like the way Daniel Day Kim plays this scene is really amazing because I feel like you almost um feel like he's like he has to be as just nuts as possible Mm -hmm. to like be able to like work himself up to the point of killing this guy. Yeah. Because like he's, I mean, obviously he's at this point, he's beaten people up before, you know, he's, he's done this and everything, but when he gets to the point of pointing the gun at him um, and he's about to shoot him, there's this, there's this moment where Jin um, like, makes like this noise as he's about to shoot him where he's like, "Ah, ah," you know, and Mm -hmm. I've just always thought that that acting moment for Daniel day Kim was like so surprising. And so like made the scene for me. I don't know what it is. Just like the fact that he starts to almost like yell because it's like, he doesn't want to do this, but he's about to, Uh And he gets as close as humanly possible to pulling the trigger and he stops. Um, and you can just see like he, it felt like he needed to work himself up to that moment. But like Jin is just not the guy who will just in cold blood murder a man, you know? Uh, and so like his true color kind of comes out at that point. Um, and I don't know. I've just always thought his acting in that moment of just like that exasperated noise was so, I don't know, surprising and so good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that that's that's the main thing I always think about this scene. But Yeah, I'll say a couple of things about one that as you were talking about it, there's one interpretation of this episode where Jin knows that Sun's cheating on him. Mm. Like, 
and it, it's it's supported by the island stuff where Sun says he knows more than we think he knows. Basically, uh. like he, he knows. And I'm like, I think he kind of almost in his gut knew that maybe Sun was doing something with this guy. So part of that is just I don't know Could if that, be. but it it doesn't really support like when they do the 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 reveal later in the series where she he finds out and he's mm. he's surprised by it. But anyway. Or maybe he kind of half suspected it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that moment where he's like, "Ah, is crazy." But I mm-hmm. love afterwards what he is, what he does. Yeah, he says, "You will leave this country. Do you understand me? You will leave and never come back. Start a new life. And if I hear you've returned, if you have any contact at all, I will finish this. Am I clear?" You don't exist. Mm. And I think that solidifies to me that Jin is so, he, he can't be without this, this structure because to be without, he actually does kill him in his mind, I think here, because that mm-hmm. is that is death, basically. You don't exist. Mm. You're outside the structure, buddy. You, you're start, starting a new life to Jin is death, basically. That's interesting, yeah. Um. So... That's, you know, as good as killing him in his mind, basically. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, I think to Jay, that is, that really is, that's like, you just killed me, basically, uh-huh. because he jumps to his death. He's like, I can't do, I can't go and start a new life on my own. I need someone mm-hmm. to be with me is why he has the the necklace in his hand. Yeah. Um, because I, I just, you can't do, you can't go on your own. Bad stuff, as you point it, put it very well. Bad stuff happens on to characters that go off on their own on this show. Mm-hmm. And he knew that. Yep. Yeah. That well, and I almost forgot that. That's the other thing that I, in this viewing, that stood out to me was the idea that, like, the irony of this situation is so cool, <laughs> um, because you know it's like, if Jin doesn't suspect anything, then the this scene is crazy ironic you know or dramatic irony here but um the other thing is to me characters in these flashbacks kind of keep passing on the idea to others of like let's just run away Mm -hmm. until and it begins with jay and it ends with Jin now like having that idea maybe still floating in his mind Mm -hmm. because his wife just told him like maybe we can run away yeah. He says to Jay, you need to run away <laughs> by yourself. Like, get out of here. Um, and I just think that's such a cool thing, like thread throughout the episode that these characters, like all they can think to solve their problem is what if we leave? Mm-hmm. And so Jin feeds back that idea back to Jay. That was his from the beginning. Like, maybe you just need to leave. Yeah. Um, of course now like you were saying he's saying to do it alone and and of course that's that's where where jay can't go um i also think there's something about jay just feeling like such guilt having just looked into the eyes of like son's Mm -hmm. husband yeah yeah um who just spared his life um and like i feel like there's there's got to be an element of 
Like I don't, I can't imagine life of just starting over, but also like, what have I done? You know, yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also the question, did he really, wait, did he kill himself? Um, or right. Or was he pushed? I, th- mm-hmm. I, 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 I go back and forth watching this. I'm thinking, you know, uh, son's father is always very thorough, like sending a guy to finish the job after Jen. I'm like, I suspect that uh, someone mm-hmm. pushed him out of the, because then in the next scene, when he says, I'm told he jumped from the balcony, almost sounds like, uh, like mm-hmm. trying to reinforce the, the narrative there. <laughs> so I don't know if he did or not. Um, the thing I've always wondered about that line, um, mm-hmm. and I guess kind of moving into that scene and stuff too, is like with, with this scene of um, son and her father, I feel like there's so much left open for interpretation here because it's like, does, does her father believe that Jin actually finished the job? Mm -hmm. And like, Oh yeah. The other thing is I don't, so I don't think this is uh, the case. Um, But you know, for part of this scene in watching it, I was wondering, does Sun think that Jin did this? Like, killed him? Because she knew that he was going out that night to do something that her father called him Sun in order to motivate him to do. That's true, that's true. But the the only reason I think maybe... Or, like, the only reason I, I lean towards no, she doesn't think that is because she asks her father like are are you ever gonna tell Jin mm-hmm. um and she knows that he doesn't know about the affair but at the same time like you know she she might be onto like her father's mind games of like mm-hmm. you know I didn't tell him but I made him go do this thing so I don't know it's just a really interesting scene because like who knows what at the end yeah. we're we're not really a hundred percent sure I think that uh, thinking about it, like Sun kind of know, kind of suspects it that Jin maybe was part of what J- happened to Jay, um, mm-hmm. reinforces the thing that I think follows us from these flashbacks into the island narrative mm-hmm. that Jin, and this is the big problem, Jin is becoming Sun's father, and that's why you know throughout uh... that she's seeing him slow. That's why she tries to leave him, was going to leave him because she understands he's her father is turning Jin into him basically. Uh, that's interesting. Um, and she sees that he, he's slowly turning him. And that's what happens when you're at the center of the, of the system. Jin wants to go to the center of the system and at the center of the system, there's murder. Uh, mm-hmm. There's the father who will take a man's life to right a wrong, basically. Um, yeah. The ultimate sort of like uh, hard line sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like we got to get away from the center. Gen- we got to get you out of here basically. Yeah. Um, but her father, and that's why this episode's so complicated uh, because his line where he says, he, I'm told he jumped from the balcony. He must've felt great shame. Now go home to your husband is actually good sound sort of like advice. It's, it, right. it's the truth. The truth <laughs> is, you know, having an affair is wrong. You need to be with your husband. You need to commit to what is right. Mm-hmm. But he tells her, you know, it, it doesn't work 
because once again, there was never any grace to begin with. Mm. So he can't communicate with her anymore. Mm-hmm. It was severed from the beginning. That's why you need both grace and truth. You can't just have truth. You got to have grace with it. Um, mm. And so that's why. And she says, will you ever tell Jen? And he says, it's not my place to tell her, which is also true. It's like, you have to admit your sin, basically. Mm-hmm. But she she can't do that, man, because you, you've shown her that there's no grace. And then you've turned your husband, her husband into you. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it sucks. <laughs> Bottom line sucks. <laughs> sucks. Glass ballerina. Very great. Great. Well done episode. But it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's it's like, I mean, man, the they do such a good job of writing this episode. Like the flashbacks and stuff are so dramatic and interesting and um but yeah, it's such a it's so dark. It's such it a tragic dark. story. <laughs> oh man, Jen and Son, will they ever get it together? Will they ever have a happy ending and not die in a submarine? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. No, they get to go to the church at the end. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone, it's good. It's good. It's fine. They have a daughter. <laughs> let's let's continue on with this episode. It's fun to remind ourselves where this is. Anyway. Keep the end in mind, yeah. Keep the end in mind. But yeah, I think that uh, unless you had anything else with these flashbacks, like I said, I, I, I had the epiphany last night as I was thinking about the key is that son is just yeah. terrified of her father. And that that that's the key to the whole to understanding what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really I've never thought about the idea of Jin is becoming son's father. And yeah. and I think that's a really interesting way to see both both of their characters. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that I mean that changes my perspective on on this episode a lot. I think that's really cool. Nice. And we haven't even talked about the island stuff. We'll have to talk about Jin and Son and their good friend Saeed, but uh and all this craziness. Yep. But why don't we take a break before that? So, we'll take a break and be right back with more See You in Life Brothers after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life, Brothers. I am Joe, hear me roar. And uh, Andy is here as always with me. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to party. Yes. You like to party. Yes. I'll allow it if that, you know, that's fine. (laughs) I also like to party. So if I like to party, would you, if we're at a, like a, an event and I want to say I like to party, would you be willing to not say you like to party? Yeah. You know, I, I'm willing to do that, but um, I'm going to be forced to say, hi, I'm Andy and I am here and that's going to bring me great shame. So just know that that's what I'm giving up for you. So Thank I would you. do it. I would do it, but mm-hmm. I'm going to look like a square is all I'm saying. Would you also run away to America with me? I cannot do that. I won't share you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's have a moment of silence for Jay, by the way. That's enough. Yeah, that guy guy. was the worst. Why did we even, you know? I don't don't know. He he owned a hotel. That's about all we can say about him. Or his dad owned a hotel. 
and he was just kind of riding his dad's coattails. He he owned a ho- uh, his dad owned a hotel. He was bald. He spoke English. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's about it. All right, so we won't talk about Jay anymore for the rest of this. That's the last time we'll talk about that guy for the whole rest of the series. Good riddance. Good riddance. You know who I want to talk about, though? I want to talk about Saeed. Saeed Jarrah, the MVP of Season 2. Both of us, well-established, you agree, right? Oh, absolutely. And uh, so what does the MVP of Season 2 do in Season 3? A total face plant. <laughs> I'm what? so glad you said that. <laughs> what, a, what, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, I think my big... I think, honestly, one of the main reasons I don't love this episode yeah. is because I'm like, Saeed, you were batting a thousand. Yeah. And now, what are you doing? This is terrible. Well, I can't say we didn't see this coming. I mean, he did have the the plan at the end of season two there where it's like, yeah. we're going to go around and, you know, I'm going to scout him out. And it's just, it was just a doomed plan from the beginning. It's Saeed flying too close to the sun. Yeah. It's like Icarus, it melted his wings and now taking a little piece of humble pie here. Yeah. And I think that we're going to find that in season three. I feel like season three is a little hard on Saeed. So. Yeah. This is brace yourself. We're getting more of this here, but yeah, season just, two, he was just he was flying high. He was so mm-hmm. good, went too close to the sun. But yeah, and he drags Jin and Sun into it, and brings out more marital drama between these two because, as we get it from the beginning here, um, what we see in this opening scene is that Jin wants really what's best for son like obviously mm-hmm. the best thing to do is just to go back like this was this was pointless Jin is correct yeah we're, we're not going to get anything more out of this and i've got a pregnant wife to take care of he's still living in that he's like he's the good husband meanwhile son's over here just like like i can help you sail the boat i'm gonna just completely go without outside the bounds and just do that like but I mean, it, it, it makes sense when you think about where we, with these flashbacks, we see mm-hmm. how we left it, where son's just sort of forced back into this marriage and like, I don't know if I really want to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though now on the island, we've, we've seen them go through some stuff and she does want to be with him, as she says, she's still fighting for that. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's complicated. Yeah. I yeah it's it's interesting and it's just kind of interesting that from the beginning Sun you know disagrees with Jin and pretty much is just like yeah I mean just just totally willing to continue with this mission even when signs are pointing to like hey maybe maybe this isn't working maybe <laughs> maybe after going to the other's camp and seeing that they're not there, uh, you know, and all of this stuff is maybe this plan wasn't the best idea. So maybe we should turn back. Um, it's just interesting that Saeed wants to continue, but then that son also goes with him, 
even against Jin. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of a just kind of a weird storyline of deception for for each of these characters in a way. But mm-hmm. and I should should say that the the blame isn't all like the there's criticism to go around on all these different characters, including mm-hmm. Jin. Yeah. Um, who Jin says you shouldn't. Well, Sun says I shouldn't. He, she basically comes and, and apologizes sort of immediately, mm-hmm. and then I shouldn't have disagreed you and with you in front of Saeed. And Jin's response is basically, you can hear her father saying this. Yeah, you shouldn't have disagreed with me. Period. Like there it is. There's that tone. I think she's, and I I feel like that's what's driving her away, Jin, mm-hmm. and he doesn't realize that, and I I. I feel like there's eventually a moment in the series and have we gone through it yet? Or are we going to where he talks about the man he was? And I feel like that was, we've gone through that already where Jin's like, I, re- I know the man I was and I understand. Uh huh. Yeah. So he comes. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He comes to that realization at times where he realizes that's what's dri- driving son away, but he doesn't, he's not fully self-aware of that right here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hate the moment because it's, you know, I mean, it's just totally like, like this, this awful, uh, sort of patriarchal, you know, like, uh, like, who are you to disagree with me? <laughs> you know, like sort of mm-hmm. thing, you know, w- w- between Jin and Sun. But I like the fact that they, in, like, as the writers of the series, that they included this line because it reminds us as viewers that like, like, as much as much as we've come to like Jin over the course of this series, like he still has room for character growth, you know, like he still has these moments of saying to his wife, like, you should never disagree with me, mm-hmm. like, you know, period. Um, and it, it's like it, he's it's not like a light switch where, you know, once he realizes like, oh, I don't like who I'm becoming now I'm automatically a different person. It's like he, he still as, as a human being has these moments where he snaps at her, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I think that's more realistic than just having the character suddenly be a new guy now that he's on the Island. So, yeah. And it's not that he's wrong necessarily. I mean, obviously they can disagree, but mm-hmm. it's just that there's not grace involved yeah. in how he's saying it. Yeah. Um, but what I like here we have two moments in this episode that are moments of, of brightness. Mm. And I feel like they're the only two and we get one from sun to Jin and the other from Jin to sun. And we get it here mm. where sun says to Jen, I didn't want to be without you. Yeah. Like giving the reason why she's coming. And I think that that at the end, once again, I mean, with lost, it's, it seems like this is, they say it in so many different ways, but really, Son is making the statement here, realizing that, you know, I need you. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to stay within the, I need you. It's not that being within the bounds is where you could call it salvation is found. Mm -hmm. It's being with you within the bounds. So even if we, you know, and so we see that here and we see it again at the end of the episode in a very poignant way as well from Jin to Sun. Mm-hmm. So I do like that moment, even though it fo- <laughs> follows 
right afterwards that we realized, <laughs> oh no, it is, but still. Yep. And so Saeed, let's come back to Saeed here. And um, so Saeed's like, yeah, we should go to this dock. Of course it's safe. Let's go over there. Is there a, a, any more uh, like obvious a liar than Saeed? I mean, I think <laughs> the way he says this, like the choice for Naveen Andrews to say it like, yes, Jen, of course it's safe. Sort of like, why? Yeah, okay, I, I believe you. Why are you saying it's so weird? <laughs> I I just, I get so mad <laughs> watching yeah, yeah. this episode at that moment because it's like, even if you weren't trying to lie to him, make up a reason or something you know like yeah. like Saeed is such a good he's so good at this sort of thing normally that it's just funny to have him be like oh yeah of course it's safe like why would anything on this island be like of course that's safe you know but yeah yeah it's just just one of those moments he's he's it's uncharted territory i guess he's uh you know he's struggling and his plan is falling apart so yeah, he's getting a little desperate, I feel like. Yeah. You know, Saeed, yeah, it really is kind of a good way to sum it up, I think. He's trying to make something of a bat. Like, we we came all this way. We got to right. get something out of this. Um, if Kate and Jack and Sawyer have been taken captive, at least we can get some get some good old-fashioned, you know, captive situation going on, as he explains to Son in this next scene. Mm-hmm. Um but I like the moment where her son's like, are you lying to me? Why are you lying to me, Saeed? And he says, and what would you know about lying, son? <gasps> oh, snap! <laughs> snap! Here <he> went... <laughs> How the turntables have. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be... He should have had a hype man in that moment. Like, <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> um, but yeah, what would you know about lying? Which is a very good question to turn back on son and, you know, realize that son... You've been trying to go outside of these bounds and you're realizing that it requires a lot of dishonesty to try to find salvation outside the bounds of what's good. Like I said, take something out of its context, try to keep it beautiful Mm -hmm. and it's hard. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this whole conversation is just, you know, we have to lie to Jin to, you know, make this, to make something good of this just keep stringing this poor guy along. So do it with me for a little while longer until we get this fire lit. Mm -hmm. Listen to yourselves, people listen to yourselves. It's, it's just such a weird circumstance because it's like Saeed goes from like plan a in the season two finale, you know, was that they would, because because Michael was surely leading them into a trap, they're going to circle around the island and scout out the area and stuff. And then they're going to attack the others together. You know, like they're it, like we needed more people to do this thing. In other words, that's why mm-hmm. Saeed and, and them go out there. And so plan B turns into Saeed's like, you know what? We're going to draw them out. And I myself am going to, kill any of them that come here and save two of them and tie them up and so and it's like like i know that saeed's a soldier but come on man you know 
that seems a little seems a little cocky uh yeah and i think the that that line um where we'll use we'll get one of them and have one to make the other communicate mm-hmm. I, there's a little theme in this episode that 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 uh you notice in this and you notice it in the, in the Sawyer and Kate stuff uh, of how corrupt that this has become where they're taking people's mm. care for one another and using it for manipulation, basically. Like when Danny comes and shocks Sawyer to get Kate to cooperate or when Sawyer's looking at Colleen and Danny and thinking, I'm going to use this later, basically. You can tell he's... That, That's really just, interesting, yeah. Everyone going against each other and right here we see it again. It's like, so I'm just going to take one to make the other cooperate. You're going to lie to Jin to get him to go along with it. That's interesting. It's it's it's, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So they get that signal, that gigantic signal fire lit. It's a huge <laughs> fire, man. Um, and then this this scene. Where Jin's like, jig is up, dudes. I know what's going on here. Um, oh, snap. <laughs> oh, snap. I think the moment that, that hits you, and I mentioned it already, is when she says, he knows I betrayed him, basically. Mm-hmm. When Sun is like, which is such a loaded thing. It's like, okay, yeah, he knows that you went with Saeed, lied to him to get to go with him. But is, does that mean more than just you? he knows that Mm. you betrayed him in this context maybe other because con- she kind of has the look on her face where she's thinking what else does he know that i yeah. betrayed him right Jin's no dummy he knows what's going on here mm-hmm. this is this is a really cool scene i mean it's cool because all of a sudden like we as the viewer have the rug pulled out from under us that like oh Jin has not been fooled this whole time like he's seen through it and that's really cool but it's also a really cool moment because um we're seeing sun you know realize yeah like she she's been caught in a lie and she thought she could fool him and so what yeah what other lies has yeah. um he seen through in the past you know how how much does he know of of her deception uh over over the course of time um yeah that's a it's kind of a really cool moment for for her and yunjin kim like plays that scene really cool um Mm -hmm. because she's she's suddenly very frightened (laughs) by that you know or very Mm -hmm. rattled by it so Mm -hmm. yeah jim's no dummy because he knows what's going on he also we need to acknowledge it for a moment one of your favorite tropes right oh yes i've been ready to (laughs) 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 i i love it when a character is like it it's this type of gun. Do you know how to... And before they can even finish the question, a character unloads and reloads the gun to prove that they know what they're doing. I love it. I love it. They can do it every episode, and I would still love it. <laughs> it should. Just every episode, obligatory. Just at some point, a character just randomly pulls out a gun. Hey, you know how to use that? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know why. I just think it is the funniest. I mean, like... It's, I mean, it's a cool moment, but I also just think it is just straight up comedy whenever it happens. For some reason, I'm just like, that's amazing. They could do it every episode and I would love it just the same. Yep. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. But on a more serious note, this thing ends in kind of a one one moment that really is sort of a mystery to me, and I think there's some very some an interesting choice on the part of the the director and the writers of the episode where Jin says something to Sun, no subtitles, oh, yeah. and there's never an explanation of what he says, but he kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, indicates toward the boat, like it's, and then Sa- Saeed says, I think you'd be better off on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, as if to say that's what Jin was saying, but well, I don't know if that's what Jin, I'm, we don't know what Jin says there. Yeah. We never did, will. Well, I mean, we could ask someone who speaks Korean and they could tell us, but I like it's to so just keep the, keep the mystery and think to myself, did he just basically banish her to the boat and say, I know you betrayed me. And almost what kind of what he said to Jay in a moment of just complete mm-hmm. harsh, like fought her father fueled graceless, like get out of here. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Basically. Mm-hmm. almost like and so she's been been kind of banished to the boat basically mm-hmm. i don't know if that's what he says but i i kind of interpret it a little bit that way yeah um perhaps it's that's a really interesting thing i hadn't even noticed that there was part of it that we because we don't get we only get son's explanation of Jin's words throughout the scene and i hadn't even noticed that there was more that he says to her that we don't get um yeah that's that's really interesting i as much as as much as there are things in this episode i i dislike or you know just aren't aren't my thing yeah um i do i do really like the ambiguity of where they leave some of some of these things like like what is what is the state of their relationship at this point because still um, when Saeed tells Sun, you know, hey, mm-hmm. if you if it comes to this, there is another gun out there, you know, and like her first thought is to explain the situation in light of if there are people on the boat, what does it mean about the state of my husband? You know, like that's that's where her mind first goes, yeah. which is an interesting part of that. And, you know. She basically is like, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter what happens to me at that point because he'll be he must be dead if if people are mm-hmm. out there, um, and uh, yeah, I just think that's that's kind of an interesting aspect of it that she still immediately her first thought in that situation is not, oh well, okay, I here's what I need to do to survive. It's that, well, if Jin's not still alive, then what's the point? Yeah. Sort of thing, you know. And I think that's that's a really interesting thing for her to say at this point. So, well, it kind of echoes what we just saw, what we see in the flashbacks with Jay. It's like, yeah, if I don't have the person who I'm trying to run away with, what's the point of you know doing any of this? So, mm-hmm. it ties in there, I think. And so that brings us to the. Thing that they probably another thing Saeed probably should have seen coming. So you leave the sailboat mm-hmm. unguarded. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should have like stayed by the by the boat 
Like, mm-hmm. why, why are you like? I, anyway, it's just it, it, don't it, think about it too much. Not a good plan. Not a great plan. Not a great plan. Um, especially when we had that whole twist uh, with Ethan in season one of like. Like, oh, he came by the water and that's how he killed Scott or Steve or whatever, you know, like that they've already done this. You know, (laughs) the others have already snuck in by sea and and killed people before, you know, and so. Yeah, I mean, they they also took a kid off a raft, so yeah, they had a boat to do that. Um, Not a great plan. Not a great plan. Saeed's not thinking very clearly here. and I love the, the irony of it, the, the fact that we have a conversation with Ben and Juliet and Colleen, like, they have a, well, yeah, they found the decoy village. Oh, yeah, those, just let them <laughs> sail around for a while. Yeah, they, they, they completely underestimate the others. Um, but, yeah, so it does give, but it does give Son a chance to meet Colleen. So that's nice, right? <laughs> two, it's oh. fun when two characters from two different, you know, completely different parts of the island finally get to meet and, <sighs> yeah but what i i really like about this moment i mean it's unfortunate for colleen but it's it's sort of an indictment of this this pharisaic mindset like like i pointed out before of the others mm-hmm. where they feel like it's like in the last episode we talked about how ben feels like he just knows kate and under and can just pick her brain apart by just saying why Sawyer basically he understands you're you're just a bad person so I got you there. Um, Colleen comes down and basically tries to control Son by saying, "I know you, Son. I know you're not a killer. We are not the enemy." Uh, basically, it, it's sort of like I understand. I understand you better than you understand yourself, basically. That sort of mm-hmm. kind of high-minded sort of thing that they have going on there. Um, mm-hmm. And then how surprised she is when Sun actually does pull the trigger. Um, mm-hmm. So from that perspective, it's 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 weirdly kind of like, ah, you others don't know everything you think you know. Um, mm-hmm. and from that perspective. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because like yeah, Colleen's strategy mm-hmm. is to is to yeah, do do exactly what you were saying like be like I know you. I know you won't do this. You know, you're that's not who you are. I see right through you, you know. And weirdly uh or maybe just unfortunately for her, um I've always seen that as being such an unsettling move yeah, to be yeah, like yeah. i know your name that it, i feel like it almost in a weird way empowers son to be like like oh yeah this person is a villain i need to get <laughs> i need to protect myself you know from them <laughs> um mm. like this is such a creepy turn that she knows son's name uh and knows anything about her at all that it's like Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta save myself and get out of here <laughs> as quickly mm-hmm. as possible, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But from the other side, from Sun's perspective, I feel like it's a, it's kind of a very different. It's like two different worlds here. We have Colleen coming in and being proved wrong, 
but from Sun, and I think Colleen also, a point that I was thinking about is like Colleen is speaking to Sun thinking, it's kind of like how they viewed Mr. Echo. Sort of like they mm. sent two guys to take Mr. Echo because they think he's just this nice priest from Africa, but he's oh, actually yeah. this drug lord who killed. They're thinking of Sun as basically this nice housewife from Korea who, you know, she's she's working within the bounds, basically. Yeah. But this is Sun out of bounds because she mm. has very literally just been cast out by Jin if if we take that interpretation. And now she's on her mm. own. And and what Sun in this scene, I think that it's a very impactful scene for her because she realizes where Jin, they're both, they both have a moment where they they have the gun and they have to yeah. decide whether they're going to shoot someone. Jin at the center finds there's murder there and he doesn't go through with it. Although he does in his own way. Mm-hmm. Sun realizes that outside the bounds, there's also murder because she goes through with it. And is like, Oh my gosh, it's a dark place out here. I need to get back basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because after, and I, I think that way because, you know, she shoots, you don't get a lot of time with her, but after she shoots her and they jump off and all that whole thing, they get back to the, the, she's sitting there with the blanket on afterwards. She's looking down at her hands. Mm-hmm. They cut just for a moment and it's kind of shaking. And I think she's realizing that, what these hands can do if I go outside the bounds. Like I knocked over the glass ballerina. I killed a woman yeah. or shot a woman. Doesn't know if she killed her, but still mm-hmm. it's, it's a dark world outside the bounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's an interesting theme throughout the episode of sun. Uh, realizing you know, uh, or sometimes ignoring and other times realizing that there are consequences for her actions, you know, like, that, yeah. like, or how, how dire the consequences can be for her actions. Uh, and yeah, what, what more dire circumstance can there be than, you know, having your life threatened and also potentially killing another person uh and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the ultimate thing she is facing by the end of the episode which is interesting so mm-hmm. and then finally the last thing i think to point out about this is that Jin, mm-hmm. when he sees that she's in trouble immediately of course he does but at the same time i think of it almost like he's just if I'm, I'm going to go with my interpretation that he basically condemned her to the boat. Basically mm-hmm. he turns around and he runs to her and he jumps in and he goes after her without abandon. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of almost thinking about sort of in a weird way, the prodigal son where the father jumps in, you know, runs to the son. Basically he goes, he goes after mm-hmm. literally son um, and comes to her. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards he gives the reason. I don't know what I would do without you both of you mm-hmm. which is the moral of the story basically mm-hmm. it's like Jin found out there's murder within the bounds like at the core of like building up to where he wanted to be it's her father telling him to hey kill this guy mm-hmm. son found that going outside the bounds was you know there's nothing but darkness out there they need it doesn't matter you can't find it anywhere but with the other person basically is mm-hmm. what 
the moral of this story for Lost is once again, they find each other in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and Jin brings Sun back in by extending grace to mm-hmm. her. Um, so there's a little bit of happiness in the glass ballerina. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. I, I like that it, it comes to like, they, they come to the realization of, you know, like as much as, like you were pointing out that Jin at his worst kind of turns into son's father, you know, mm-hmm. in, in some ways by the end he he's, we see him at a place where he's running towards the sound of gunfire to protect um, son because he loves her and he cares about her and their unborn child, yes. you know, like, like he is not only the, the loving husband but also he wants to be the loving father you know mm-hmm. and and i think that's kind of a cool um turnaround of of him at his worst like we're able to see him uh as as like the best version of himself like the the version of himself that he is trying to be yeah um, yeah yep very well put i think that's true and so Jin and Sun have a moment together, and Saeed, you know, for all the criticism we can give to him, you know, at the end of the day, he says, I'm sorry I dragged you into this, and tell your husband next time I will listen to him. And hey, you know what? He he, he owned up to it, so... Yeah. You know what? Way to go, Saeed. You may not be the MVP of this episode, but you still got a place in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're weeping. <laughs> this show does it to me every time. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got my problems with Saeed in this episode, but man, he's still he's still so cool. Come on. Yeah. And so we'll leave these three to their long walk home, which I can imagine is probably a very long walk. Um, uh, yeah, they don't have the boat anymore. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks for the Elizabeth. Poor Desmond's got his boat taken away from him yeah. we never, they never acknowledge that later in the you know it's like there's never a scene where desmond's like hey what about my boat brother and they're like yeah about that the boat does come back though later on uh yeah i think in the like in the final season they they're there's stuff with the boat um, i believe so yeah, yeah. so because i think eventually. the man in black is gonna like try and use the boat to like leave or something even at one point maybe i'm remembering a yes different thing. i believe you're right i believe he's climbing down to get on the boat yeah depart so the elizabeth does survive so that's good news yeah but but, uh, but yeah desmond doesn't get it so nah but he gets penny and that's all that matters so <laughs> all right well that does it for let's leave Jin and Sun and Saeed alone and uh, finish off this episode with some Sawyer. Let's see what's going on with Sawyer and Kate and hopefully it's better. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. Well, we'll be right back with more See You in Another Life Brothers after this. Hello. Welcome back. My name is Joe and I like to party. Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Andy, and I'm here. I've just made you do something that is deep, deep shame. And your shame is my shame. 
so I'm gonna have to you kill know some yeah you're gonna have to get my shame uh, taken care of Remote. I won't do it I won't I quit you can't quit you're my son anyway <laughs> I apologize I'll never take your catchphrase again it's okay it's okay but anywho so there's still another portion of this episode we haven't covered and it's with those crazy others back in their hydra station hanging out you know doing whatever they do which apparently is just watch people on monitors and make soup um it's really about it it seems and and hall rocks that's right hall rocks and the look at um uh blueprints of whatever they're building (laughs) with those rocks (laughs) Okay, we need to talk about that. Let's talk about that first here. <laughs> okay, people, there's a little homework in this episode. I will, and actually, it's not. It's right now. What I want you to do, I want you to, after I say this, to pause this episode and go to two, 23 minutes and fifty five seconds if you're watching on like uh, on Amazon Prime or something, and just pause it and look and behold the wonder that is this shot of Danny Pickett. <laughs> drawn on his map and he's making a face i don't know if i can do it justice it looks like it looks like he's like holding in a fart yeah that's pretty much you nailed it i mean the the amount of concentration (laughs) with which he is staring down these blueprints which what could they what could he possibly need to be concentrating so hard on at this moment? It is, it's amazing. It's it an amazing just, moment. It's fantastic. I want to know what the direction was from the director on that. Like, <laughs> okay, I just need you to be uh, drawing stuff on the map. Okay, I'm going to do a great job at this. And then he just like makes that face and the guy's like, okay, roll camera. All right, I guess this is going to be in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's just what Pickett would be doing. I guess so. He's kind of a weird guy. Well, I mean, the first time we see him, he's, you know, peeing in the middle of the, just out in the middle of the open, just uh, standing there oh, peeing, yeah. and then he does the little. So we knew out right away that Danny Pickett's a, he's a weird man. He's a Very different weird. breed. Yeah. Yes. But um, anyway, back to uh, back to the other others, uh, Ben and. Uh, well, Juliet dropping the soup off to Jack, and Jack's still kind of going through some stuff right now, so not a lot there. Um, but um, I like the, the just the little things they, they put in here, like Ben's like, you never made soup for me. Once again, just hinting at their this weird relationship that, that we'll find out about in the other woman eventually. Um, and... Uh, Colleen coming in and saying, am I interrupting anything? Would it matter if you were? If you... A lot of tension with these others. Yeah, it, it's it's really funny to all of a sudden just get this weird, like, subtext with the others where where they've been so hidden for so much of the series and suddenly now it's just like, you never made soup for me. And, you know, it's just like... It, these people are weird. What's going on? <laughs> you know, who are these people? <laughs> They're weird. They're also very stuck up and just kind of, even Juliet, when she's talking about how, you know, so they have a boat sailing in circles will keep them busy for a while. Kind of like smirking at, you know, 
and they're just lost over there. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but also it, it's a revealing of how fragile these others are. Where it's like, what if they find us? Because they could literally they could find us, and then we're mm-hmm. then we're screwed. Because <laughs> this is we've been trying to control this this whole time. So mm-hmm. you see how Ben's desperate to get that boat, and you're like, oh, okay. There's some these aren't these others aren't completely invulnerable they're they're a little des- they're a little uh nervous so mm-hmm. yeah and i i do think it's really cool like one of one of the things i really like um about uh the beginning of season 3 is that it's it's this really cool time in the series as far as we get to see lost where there is just like a clear group of villains. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of cool. Like we, we joked last episode about like Ben was being a bond villain, you know, sort of thing, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like that, that whole weird stuff. But like in this scene, it's just kind of cool that it's just like, we're seeing the kind of main villain figuring out like, Oh, they've got a boat well, I want you to take it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and just like sending out like a group of minions basically to like, go take, take the boat from, you know, our good guys. And I just think it's cool how like there's, there's this window of the series before, before we get introduced to the people on the freighter and like the, you know, all of the different, you know, Charles Widmore and the man in black and stuff. There's this time now where Ben is just the ultimate villain of the show. Yes. And it's just kind of a cool dynamic, I think. Yeah. Um, this creepy guy who we've we've been introduced to as Henry Gale and now he's the leader of the others and um I don't know. I just I thought that as I was watching it this time I was like this is a cool dynamic they had going. It's just kind of fun. Mhm. And I love it, like you're saying. Yeah, the, the, these are the they're the bad guys even though they say they're the good guys, they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, what I like about it is in this episode, they kind of, they very subtly sort of, they slip in the thing with Danny and Colleen when they're walking them over, you know, they get mm-hmm. them and they're walking through. And then all of a sudden Colleen calls over Danny and then Sawyer is looking at them and kind of smirking as he know he realizes that the, oh, these two, they have a relationship and you can tell he's calculating in his head, like, okay, I'm going to use this to my advantage. Yep. And you realize that, and in this episode, I think it's very intentional how Sawyer and Kate, they start to sound kind of like the bad guys a little bit. Yeah. They're playing them up a little bit here, like at the, especially at the end when they're talking about, uh, they're, they're sizing up these people. And they're almost, mm-hmm. sound, like Kate says, you see how the look on their face when you got that gun? They almost sound like Bonnie and Clyde. And you, yeah. you realize that, wait, well, from Danny and Colleen's perspective, you know, they very much are the, because they have these relationships and they do care. They care about the people in their group. Um, so from our perspective, yeah, these are obviously the good guys because they care about each other, but these people also care about each other. They're not these faceless others and they do a good job of yeah. kind of hinting at that here, even though Danny's a weirdo. Um, and uh, hard to like, but you know, you have a soft spot for a guy who has a has a girl. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a good shot. 
and uh yeah the others are the others are kind of weird just we can we can all agree on that they've they've got some weird weird stuff they give sawyer that weird lunchbox like yeah what's, what's the deal with the old-timey lunchbox and you know i don't know I, mm-hmm. i've just always thought that was a weird moment like you you, you need a lunch you need your strength it's like what <laughs> i don't know why then, i've always just thought that was a funny <laughs> funny detail and what's the point of having them paul rocks i d- it, uh, i have no idea yeah no it, they needed something for them to i don't know it's 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 sort of to maybe it's to exhaust them so they don't try to escape again that sort mm-hmm. of thing probably been just playing mind games with them like now you just go have them work on this thing it's power trip uh-huh. or maybe it, i don't know it's just it's, it's strange i'm sure if i went to lostpedia right now or mm-hmm. some other uh, corners of the internet there would be all sorts of theories about what <laughs> what this is all about um but i have yet to do that so yeah uh, we'll see we'll see when i get desperate enough to do it for sure. And then there's a scene with, uh, well, we need to acknowledge the, the fact that Sawyer is absolutely hilarious in this episode, basically through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. the, how dare you moment is pretty priceless. That's um, pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, and then we've already talked about how Danny, you know, he's shocking Sawyer to manipulate Kate into cooperating, basically using the relationships against mm-hmm. them. Um, and then we have Alex just coming out of nowhere, like kind of drop the scene in there, just like, hey, she's she's here and apparently she knew Carl and um that's cool. I wonder if that'll come into play later. <laughs> I I I do like the fact that they just to make sure we understand like, okay, she's still alive and she's not like with them right now, you know, like what what's the deal with with alex you know who, where does she stand with these people and, and i like i like that whole she's sneaking around sort of thing i i just like the way they incorporate her character in in these sparse kind of moments mm-hmm. for sure and then danny holds in the fart and then sawyer pulls out it pours out Juliet's water bottle and this crazy scene happens yeah, the only, it's it's Sawyer basically choosing, kind of like, screw this. I choose Kate. I choose togetherness. I choose, and also I just want to kick some butt too. So it's a combination mm-hmm. of those factors. And they needed an action scene. It's pretty clear that just might as well put one in there. Yeah. You know? Well, I did like I do. I really I think it's funny how, like, kind of talking about this at the same time as the the next scene where you know they're in the cage their cages and they're they're kind of talking about you know like why why kate's like why did you do that you know to sawyer and and he's like oh you were just so cute you know and and i couldn't Mm -hmm. help myself or whatever and she kind of rolls her eyes and then he's like he's like well you know uh so-and-so packs a punch or whatever you know and 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 it's like in that moment then Kate is kind of like, oh, okay, I get it. You were doing this to really size up all of these guys. But if you go back and watch the scene, no. when Sawyer pours out the water, 
the music starts to swell in this like you know symphonic you know like beautiful kind of moment as he looks over at kate and i mean he he really did just want to kiss her also <laughs> like yeah that's pretty like funny. i think he he like two things can be true at the same time like i think he maybe also was thinking like you know what have i got to lose if i do this because i'll at least learn you know something about the others um but at the same time i think he also was just truly thinking like oh she's really cute right now (laughs) i want to give her a kiss um which uh is just kind of a funny moment but um Mm -hmm. yeah so and it plays into what we were talking about last week about how sawyer makes kate laugh at the end of um sawyer is just trying to lift lift kate's spirits any way he can and I think he he sees the just the ridiculousness of the situation and goes, I need to do something. Um, mm-hmm. So there's kind of a selflessness, but also a selfishness because he just wants to kiss her, obviously, and all, all that in there. I think just taking a moment to think about Juliet in this scene, and we see her hand him the the water bottle, which plays mm-hmm. into last week where we saw that Juliet is actually trying to help these people, even though she's in this this bad situation yeah don't really want her help um once again Mm -hmm. but i i do think it's fascinating that you know when she she's pointing the gun at kate and then afterwards how sawyer says she would have shot you yeah like and like i don't i don't why did why what about juliet screams cold-blooded killer Mm -hmm. um it's just kind of interesting to think about her character because she's not that really yeah but she does have that sort of no nonsense persona in a way so i don't know it's interesting that sawyer came to that conclusion yeah i think i think there's a couple things that that makes me think of one of them is you know i i think there's there's something kind of interesting to to imagine about sawyer who is so good at reading people um that uh he's somehow not as good at reading um Juliet and then that's kind of cool to think of like they eventually end up together you know like there's there's something kind of interesting about like she's mysterious to him in a way like she's different than other people um he can't quite read her uh, on the other hand i also think there's something about Juliet you know, as we'll learn, like you were saying, like in the other woman and stuff and, and, and other episodes about Juliet. Um, I think there's also just part of her who is like a little dead inside, you know, like a little hopeless, um, and a little bit able to hide her true feelings and intentions to the point where she can do something like this and she needs to save face in front of all the other others even though like she as a person does not want to kill one of these people, like they're innocent, you know? Uh, But she needs to be the one who's like, she sees an opportunity to grab Kate and stop Sawyer from doing anything further. And she takes it. Um, And that's a wise move to keep everyone in line. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I think there's something to that. I think you reminded me of Jin 
Juliet talking about how she's been operating in the system so long that she is has become this. Mm. Jin was never a killer to begin with, but he he got to a point where it was very believable. Like <laughs> he came right up to it of yeah. killing a man. So I think yeah. So there we go. That, that does make sense, kind of in the context of the show, especially this episode. So yep. And then the final thing to say about Sawyer and Kate is just it's such a crazy moment when why'd you call you James? Because that's my oh, name. Yeah. Oh, Kate never knew that his name was James until now. That's yep. crazy. And I think that, that yeah, that's so cool. That plays into later when like they, they really get close in this season mm-hmm. as it goes on here. And I think that just that's one level because she does start calling him James after this, and I like that. It's like I know the real you, Sawyer. So yeah, anyway, what were you saying? Sorry. Oh, that's a really good point. I I hadn't even thought about like oh yeah, she starts calling him James. Um, yeah, I think it's it is just a wild moment because it's like Kate is the first person who figured out. I think you know. I mean, like that. That's not his real name. Yeah. Uh, because of the whole letter thing, but um she never learned it's just wild to remember like oh she never actually learned what his name was until now <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like that's that's crazy mm-hmm. she just kept calling him sawyer mm-hmm. which i think is there's a lot you could analyze about names and sawyer we can mm-hmm. go on and on about that i love what they do with it so we'll oh yeah. talking about that as we go along but yeah, so they keep talking in the cell. Meanwhile, they're being spied on by creepy little Ben. Oh boy, I hate that guy. You know what? Hot take: I don't like Ben. Ooh, you're gonna you're gonna get raked over the coals for that hot take. I know, I know it's controversial, but <laughs> especially in this next scene, I don't like this guy. You know, talk this memorable scene between him and Jack. Yeah. You forget? I forgot that. I'm like, I know it's coming. I'm like, oh, it's at the end of this one. Like, I just mm-hmm. drop it in here suddenly. Like, Jack and Ben have a crazy scene together. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. Be be honest, though. Are, are you just upset that the cultural moment he chooses to emphasize is the Cardinals losing the World Series? All right. We're going to go there first? All right. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> so this suddenly we're going to do a, a St. Louis Cardinals podcast. <laughs> Everyone out there, my name is Joe, and I'm a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals, who lost to the Boston Red Sox in the 2004 World Series, getting swept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the scene mm-hmm. and the shot in particular in this episode of Lost happens to have uh, St. Louis Cardinals shortstop Edgar Renteria grounding out to Nick <laughs> Folk and through to first to end a very heartbreaking World Series. It wasn't great. They barely hit the ball out of the infield for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. So I will say Edgar Renteria was a great shortstop. And uh, this has been our St. Louis Cardinals detour into this episode. Now let's get back to Lost. I'm glad we did that, though. You know, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things where whenever this comes up, it, it's just funny to be like, oh, yeah, that that World Series was the one that the Cardinals were against the, <laughs> the Red, Red Sox. Sox yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. just it's funny to remember, like, because I. I am, I am not much of a sports guy, but mm-hmm. um, I, I, I care about you know the teams that our family has has paid attention to and stuff. And so, uh, 
and I remember, I mean, like that's when I, I still kind of watched baseball and stuff. So I remember those games, you know, like that world series run and stuff. So it's just kind of funny that like the, the one like baseball, like reference in, or like main sports reference in this series. I'm like, I actually remember that, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fun, but it's fun. It's, it's perfect in a lot of crazy ways that, and I don't know if I'd like to know when they were writing like season one back when mm-hmm. they were doing it, like they made that a crucial line for Jack. That's why the Sox will never win the series. Mm-hmm. And then the white, the Red Sox finally break the curse a huge, just, yeah. and in such a miraculous way. I mean, that was like the perfect event to happen <laughs> during so cool. that, because that, yeah, they were down to the New York Yankees, three to one, three three zero. No team had ever come back from a three zero deficit. I'm sorry, this is a baseball podcast again. And then they came <laughs> back and won four eight straight and won the World Series, broke an eighty six year curse, um, which is just perfect for the scene because that's the yeah. one thing that could get Jack to just like now you're lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other baseball thing I'll say is that you know we bemoan the Cardinals, but. While this episode was airing, the Cardinals were also in 2006 on another run, and they eventually won the oh, World Series. Yeah. So I get that I, that happened. So anyway, <laughs> redemption, redemption. But yeah, this scene. Um, I think the main thing that struck me with this scene is that, um. I mean, you can you can talk about a lot of things. You could talk about how he reveals that he's Benjamin Linus and he lived on the island his whole life, which is a lie. I love that. that that's yeah. a lie. Um, um, but the line that Jack says, if you could leave this island, mm-hmm. then why would you still be here? And then Ben's response, yes, Jack, why would we still be here? Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it, it plays into this episode, I think, so beautifully because it it's jack asking the question that son is essentially asking jen at the dinner Mm -hmm. table where she says why not we why don't we just we can leave we can go why would we stay Mm -hmm. and and jen says don't don't you see we have to stay and ben's saying don't you see we have to stay which is kind of you know it's kind of true but in a twisted way because mm-hmm. this is the place where miracles happen, but the others have t- con- perverted it, basically. Um, so I love, I love how loaded that lot, those two lines are, yeah. <laughs> within the context of the whole series. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I yeah, the the same lines stood out to me in this scene. You know, like the the if you could leave, why why would you stay? And then yes, why would we stay? Um, I also just think it's so cool because. Um, you know, I've seen uh, interviews with Damon Lindelof where he's talked about, you know, like from like from very early on in the series, they knew that they had they they wanted the structure of the show to at some point have the whole twist of like some of them leave the island eventually, but then they have to come back for some reason. And then like, that's kind of the ultimate like showdown sort of thing. Like they return to the island and then the big finale happens uh, after that. Um, Like that was kind of like the 30,000 foot view of, of the series. Um, And they knew when they started getting to season three, that they were working towards that point of some of these characters are going to leave. 
and I think it's so cool with that in mind to see this scene, you know, with the idea that Jack will leave, but he'll want to return. And isn't that like such a cool way to see the scene of Ben saying, yes, why would we still stay here if we could leave? And, but of course the scene ends with Jack, you know, uh, uh, being amazed at the idea of wait this guy actually could send me home you know and like how amazing would that be if i could go home and i just think that's such a cool cool idea that like them planting the seeds here of like what if i could actually go home but at the same time there's something here on this island that is compelling enough to for people to want to come back or want to stay um and that's all here in this one scene. So. Mm-hmm. Ben manipulates Jack into thinking that, I mean, he doesn't, he just plays on that. You know, he's like, what is the one thing I could get to motivate him to do whatever I want? And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know, you obviously don't feel much hope here. There's hope outside the bounds of this island, Jack. If you just mm-hmm. go there, the grass is greener. And uh, it's enough to hook him, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you're saying, yeah, uh, uh, the whole series of Lost uh, from a from a uh, fifty thousand foot view, basically, is um, where is hope truly found? Where is you know happiness truly found? And yeah, it, it's them saying, is it here or is it there? And really. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's come. They come back to the island and they find it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, this episode kind of is a microcosm of that in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the the only other thing I'm thinking about with this scene. I just I think it's so cool. I just love moments like this that are. It just feels like so unique for a series that is so um uh grounded on this like mythical island there's something so effective of all of a sudden ben just saying your fellow americans reelected george w bush uh christopher reeve passed away you know like like these big cultural moments that happened in real life and suddenly this character is just informing another character that they happened and it's just like what i don't know like uh there's it reminds me of like there are moments in the series um mad men where like which is taking place throughout the 60s where characters witness things that happen on the tv and you're like watching them witness these historical moments and stuff like that um and it's just so captivating to see like how would these characters receive that and to just watch jack's face kind of turn when he is like oh yeah we missed an election and like oh you know superman died you know and and then he disbelieves about the world series but then watching him watch tv for the first time in 69 days you know it's just like and hearing the sound of the crowd and all of that stuff i don't know it's just like it's just a unique sort of cool um thing for a show to just show you something that happened in real life but in such a shocking way um i don't know i just i think that's so cool and the fact that this episode t- takes place 
on November 29th, 2004, which was uh, Monday. So this whole episode took place on a Monday. Doesn't really have a Monday feel. I don't know. It kind of did. Actually, yeah, it totally does. It, it, you know, all the parts of it that, that were, you know, Saeed, all his decisions totally make sense on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you get your boat stolen on a Monday. All that stuff. It's a Monday of an episode, but it's a really good episode. And I think we've done it justice here. And I, I'm looking, I'm glad to put a bow on Glass Ballerina, leave it behind. And we got to move on to further instructions. We finally, finally, it seems like years, we finally get back to Johnny Locke and see what he's up to and Desmond. And well, is Desmond alive? I don't know. What happened to Mr. Echo? Why is the quarantine, why did the quarantine lid fall on the beach? All this stuff. I can't wait to find out what happened to these guys. Can't wait to meet Desmond again and I, and just wrap my arms around that fully clothed guy and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I specify fully clothed? I don't know. Anyway. Hmm. Hmm. It's kind of weird, but uh, whatever. I got to say, you know, we're due for some, some good hur- Hurley time, too. Yeah. You know? I mean, ju- I've That's just true. missed him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We got to get Hurley back in here. That guy's the heart and soul of the show. Yep. but that'll be next time and uh and for this time thanks everyone for listening always a good time and thanks bro for talking lost with me always a good time thank you and uh until next time we will see you in another episode brothers bye bye